All right, friends, we pick back up in Genesis chapter number 4 and verse number 1 through 13. The title of the message is Without the Shedding of Blood. Without the Shedding of Blood. We're going to focus on religious men today. According to research, there are over 4,200 religions in the world. A few of the main ones are Christianity, Catholicism, Judaism, Buddhism. There's Muslims. This is counting the main religions, but if you look within Christianity, for example, there are many denominations. But a real question is how many religions are there really? According to the Bible, there are only two. And we will look at a passage in the Bible that clearly shows each of these religions and which way is the only way to God. Welcome to Preach the Word with Brother Dean Carmichael of Greensboro. And now let's welcome our dear friend, Brother Dean. The title of the message is Without the Shedding of Blood. In Hebrews chapter 9, the last part of the verse of verse number 22, Without shedding of blood is no remission. According to the Bible, there are only two religions. And those two religions are a religion of works or salvation by grace. One tells us that we can work our way to God. The other tells us that we are totally helpless without God and that we must come to Him through His conditions. Let's take a closer look at that last part of Hebrews 9.22. It says, And without shedding of blood... Without, that means apart from, that there's no other way. You see, God is holy, he's righteous, and he demands that sin be paid for, and he does not overlook sin. We've been going through Genesis, and last time we looked at Adam and the woman, and we looked at how when Adam and Eve, when they disobeyed God and they ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil they realized they were naked and they went out and they tried to clothe themselves they tried to cover their sins and they couldn't do it the only way they were covered was after they had faith that God would one day through the seed of the woman send a redeemer and we know that that is that was the God-man Jesus Christ. That was God manifested in the flesh that he would become one of us, 100% man, 100% God, without sin, and he would come and pay the ultimate sacrifice. And when Adam had faith, when they put faith that God would do that, the little knowledge that they had, they took God at his word, and then God shed the blood of an animal and clothed them. Ezekiel chapter 18 verse 4 says, Behold, all souls are mine, and the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Now, talking about Ezekiel for a minute, that's a very important verse in the Bible. Ezekiel was a prophet who was held captive in Babylon. He was contemporary with Jeremiah and Daniel. Jeremiah prophesied of the coming of Babylon and would live to see it. 
Uh, he was an old man when the captivity began while Daniel and Ezekiel were both young men. And we don't know if Daniel and Ezekiel ever knew each other, but they knew Jeremiah. Now, Jerusalem uh, was known as the Bloody City. And their, their condition was self-inflicted. And Hosea, the northern kingdom, he told them it was their lack of knowledge, their immorality, their ignorance, their idolatry. Uh, the false prophets were saying that everything was okay and that they were getting along nicely, but they really weren't. And the problem is, Israel was warned of this coming captivity, but nobody listened to Jeremiah. He was known as the weeping prophet. And nobody listened to Hosea in the northern kingdom, who several hundred years before they were captured by Assyria. People were not listening to the prophets. Uh, they were raising their children in sin, away from God. Israel was God's chosen nation, and they were in captivity because of their disobedience. Now, this goes along with the message. Ezekiel had two main goals in his ministry. Number one, he was to remind the captives of their sins. And number two, he was to encourage them of the future blessings of God. He was known as the watchman for Israel in Babylon. He warned Israel, Turn from your wicked ways, or you'll be destroyed in Babylon. Now we're talking about earlier how I said that um, those prophets had warned Israel, the northern and the southern kingdom, of their coming captivity. Uh, the northern kingdom would be held captive by the Assyrians, southern by the, the Babylonians. That's all self-inflicted. That's because they disobeyed God. Jerusalem, uh, the bloody city, uh, the, what a horrible, horrible uh, way that they had fallen from uh, originally uh, being so close to God in the days of David. Israel was where they were because of their sin. But these sins were broken down to the sins of the people. Please understand this. Each individual person had made a choice. An important part of Ezekiel's prophecy was to warn the wicked if they didn't repent, they would be destroyed physically. He was also to warn the righteous if they abandoned their ways, they too would be destroyed. This all goes down to the individual responsibility before God. I want to quote here uh, Charles Lee Feinberg. One of the most great principles of scripture is pronounced in this chapter, referring to Ezekiel 18 verse 4. Judgment is according to individual conduct. The judgments Ezekiel introduces here are temporal judgments and the death dealt with is physical death. Ezekiel was not at this time dealing with the problem of the suffering of the innocent, vicarious suffering or corporate suffering. He had foretold national punishment, but he had to bring it home to them an individual sense of sin. Notice it said, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. The question here, who all has sinned? The Bible says in Romans 3 verse 23, For all, A-double-L, have sinned and come short of the glory of God. This brings us back to our main point. There are only two religions in the world. If all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, we must find a way to make our relationship right with God. We must find a way to get to God. So, of these two religions, the religion of works 
and salvation by grace, which is it? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I want to quote here uh, another uh, great expositor, Henry M. Morris. And, and the one, uh, listen, the, these, these guys that I'm quoting here, um, these are great, great um, expositors of the Word of God. Henry M. Morris, his book on Genesis, uh, the Genesis record. I would recommend that. That's a wonderful book. And then Charles Lee Feinberg, um, he is a was tremendous. So th these are these are folks definitely. When when I quote these these men, write these names down uh, for your own reference. But we're talking about the two religions. We're talking about there's only two religions in the world. That is religion of works and salvation by grace. It, it boils down to those two. Henry M. Morris said, In the great protevangelic prophecy, God had spoken of a coming conflict between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. Adam and Eve were soon to experience the reality of this conflict in the tragic story of their two sons. The story of Cain and Abel. While in every way to be understood as actual history is also a parable of the age-long conflict of the two seeds. Cain typifies the seed of the serpent, while Abel is a type of Christ, the seed of the woman. In a secondary sense, Abel represents also those who by faith are in Christ and who therefore also are in a spiritual sense seed of the woman. And that's from Henry M. Morris. So, title of the message, Without the Shedding of Blood. We're talking about the two religions, the two, the, the, the two attempts to God here. The religion of works and salvation by grace. Genesis chapter number 4, verse number 1. And Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived, and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock, and of the fat thereof, and the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass, when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel his brother, and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not, am I my brother's keeper? So we see two men here, Cain. Uh, the name Cain means possession, acquisition. The first man ever born of a woman, and also the founder of false religion. Any way you look at this, Cain tried a different way other than the way that God had told them. 
the way of Christ. Any way to God that is different than the shedding of Christ's blood is false religion. Please understand that. It may be Cain's way, the way of works. It may be through unbelief, through rejection. Uh, you think about the days of Noah. It may be through a, a man. Regardless, whatever it is, it, any, any way apart from the blood of Jesus Christ is false religion. That sacrifice, that is a type of Jesus Christ. That is pointing to the cross. Adam and Eve... Cain and Abel, they did not know what a cross was. They, they did not know, uh, if you would have said Jesus Christ died on the cross, they had no idea what you're talking about. But they did know Adam had faith that God was going to one day send a Redeemer. That's what he told him in Genesis 3.15. And we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that a little later on. But God promised that he would send a Redeemer through the seed of the woman. That's why Adam called his wife Eve the mother of all living. He's putting faith that one day God will send a Redeemer. And when they did that, what happened? God slew an animal. There was blood shed. And he covered them. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. When Jesus Christ shed his blood and we put faith in Christ and Christ alone, we were covered and declared righteous through the blood of Jesus Christ. And Cain tried to go another way. He's the father of all false religion. He's the first one to try to, to do his own thing and try to get to God through his own merit. And he failed miserably. Abel. The name Abel means uh, vapor, breath. It's the second man ever born on earth. And he was murdered. He came by faith, meeting God's requirements. Salvation by grace. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4 says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. We read of the two offerings there, how Cain brought the fruit of the ground, that's religion religion of works, and Abel brought a blood sacrifice, salvation by by grace. We we look here and just a couple things uh, by way of introduction. Uh, number one, we see the prophecy in Genesis three fifteen. And I will put enmity between thee, that's Satan, and the woman, that's Eve. And between thy seed and her seed, it, which is Christ, shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. That is a, the first prophecy in the Bible, and that is the prophecy that God would one day send a Redeemer, that there would be a, a conflict between good and between evil. And I mentioned just briefly about Adam. Uh, we, we see the prophecy, but we also see the parents, Adam and Eve. He named Eve, which means the mother of all living. He's putting faith. Adam realizes he's lost. He's without hope. Those fig leaves weren't going to do the job. He come to God by faith, and he's clothed after the blood of an innocent was shed. 
God planned man's redemption before ever forming Adam. He promised us a redeemer and that redeemer came. His name is Jesus Christ. He became sin for us. And the day that I realized I was lost, came to God by faith and the blood of Jesus Christ covered me, declaring me righteous. Abel came to God by faith just like his parents did. He learned. He was putting faith in what God had told him. We see the prophecy, Genesis 3.15. We see the parents, Adam and Eve. And then we see the place. Notice this in Genesis chapter 4, verse 3. And in process of time, it came to pass. Process of time, what that means is at the end of days. It was pretty much as the end of the week. Now it's the Sabbath day. The, they were bringing their sacrifices before God. They're bringing God their, their best there. And all Abel could bring him, he, he brought him by faith. Uh, the Bible says, the firstlings of his flock, and of the fat thereof, and the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. That blood offering, that faith there. But Cain brought, the Bible says, the fruit of the ground. Now let's be very clear about something. I believe this to be one of the best sacrifices you could probably think of as far as fruit. I, I bet you he brought the best fruit possible. There's nothing we can even compare to that. But there's only one problem. It was man's sacrifice. It was not on God's term. He was coming to God through his works. And three main points we're going to look at here. Talking about without the shedding of blood. Let's look at Cain. Let's, let's focus in on him just for a minute here. Number one, let's look at the practice of Cain. The practice of Cain, which is referring to his religion. And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Jude, verse number 11, says, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward, and perished in the gainsaying of Korah. Let me ask you this. What is the way of Cain? When Cain brought an offering to God, he did not come by faith. He came on his own. And the offering that he brought denied the human nature is evil. That's quoting J. Vernon McGee there. Cain felt he was good enough to come to God through his own works. This denies the separation of God and man. Friends, pride is a funny thing and it will get us in trouble. Here's a man that thinks that he is so good that he doesn't have to come to God through faith. Here's a man that he brings his very, his very best before God. But there's only one problem. That's religion. And religion doesn't save a man. Faith in Jesus Christ and Christ alone saves a man. There are very good people in our eyes when it comes to most religions. The only problem is it doesn't solve the sin problem. Of the ten great doctrines of the Bible, 
the doctrine of God, the doctrine of Christ, of the Holy Spirit, of man, of angels, of things to come, of, of sin, of all those doctrines. There is one that the fundamentalists even, the, the, the independent Baptists, the fundamental movement, that we even have problems with. And you know what that is? That's the doctrine of the total depravity of man. The sin problem. See, men, we're, we're proud creatures. You know that? And we like to give ourselves credit. We like to pat ourselves on the back. But you know, the Bible says that all have sinned. The Bible tells us our, our, our righteousness is as of filthy rags. And there is no righteous, no, not one. Turn to the book of Revelation. John wept. He could not find one man of the son of Adam, one man who was worthy to open that seven-sealed book there. Not even John the Baptist was worthy. We're sinners. We're lost. And you hear so much, and I, by no way, shape, or form, please don't take this the wrong way, uh, but, but sometimes you hear folks and they... They, they gloat and they boast a little sometimes on their past life. And different people have different pasts. But let me, let me tell you something here about the Bible. It's very important we all understand this. Let's say you're saved today and you had an awful past. And let's say you served the devil for many years and you got into some many horrible sins. Let me remind you of something. And by no way, shape, or form is that me being disrespectful or anything. I'm very thankful for my upbringing. I'm very thankful I grew up in a Christian home. But let's please be honest with ourselves here. There's a lot of people burning in hell right now who grew up in Christian homes. Okay? So let's say you never did any of those horrible, awful sins in your 20, 30, 40 years serving the, the... the, the devil in the world and living an awful, horrible life. Let's say you never did any of those sins and you died without Jesus Christ. Would you still go to hell? If you can't answer that question, friend, something's wrong. Because I'll tell you what, yes, you will go, go to hell. It's not the certain sins. Okay, sinning does not make us sinners. We sin because we are sinners. It don't matter if you're in a Christian school. It don't matter if you grew up with a silver spoon in your mouth. It doesn't matter if you grew up as a goody two-shoes. It doesn't matter uh, uh, how godly your parents are. It doesn't matter if you didn't, if you grew up in a broken home. We all need Jesus Christ. Now, don't get me wrong. It is important to raise your, your children according to the Word of God. The Bible says uh, that uh, if, if we raise a, a train up a child in the way he should go, when he gets old, he shall not depart from it. What that means is, is that when a child gets older, he, he or she will remember what they were trained. Now, it, it does not mean that they're guaranteed to get saved and serve the Lord, but it means that the truth will not depart from them. They know right from wrong. They may be living a wicked life, but they have chosen that. They're not living that ignorantly. That's willful. They're, they are denying. It's an open rejection. They have turned away from that. Okay, but it's so important uh, that we raise our, our children. But going back to this, this total depravity of man here, we have to understand that. Mankind is hopelessly lost. There is nothing that we can do to get to God on our own. It does not matter how great Cain's offering was before God. It would never 
be good enough. We see the practice of Cain. This refers to his religion. Then we see the pride of Cain. The pride of Cain. This is referring to his resentment. Genesis chapter 4, uh, verse number 6 and 7. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? Why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? If thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Cain was a very proud man. He thought he could please God on his own terms. And something uh, that we've got to understand here. We've, we've got to understand this. Cain not only rejected a righteous God, a just God, because that's what he was doing, right? He rejected a, a God who cannot accept sin. He rejected a God who commanded Adam and Eve and told them and gave them specific instructions which they disobeyed. And now they are sinners, and God is a perfect, he is a just, he is a righteous, he is a pure, he is a holy God. And he cannot accept sin. But Cain rejected a righteous God. A righteous God who said that, that he, would, he would one day bring a Redeemer. And instead of putting faith in a righteous and holy God that he would send a redeemer that would shed blood and that would cover him, he did things his own way. But not only that, there's something we've got to understand about this story. It's so important. Cain not only rejected a righteous, a just God. Cain rejected a gracious and a merciful God. Notice this here. In verse 6 and 7. God is giving Cain a second chance. When we tell the story of Cain and Abel. And when you've heard the story. I've heard the story. Who knows how many times. If we're not careful. We'll tell the story like this. Adam and Eve had two boys. Two sons. Cain and Abel. They grew up. Cain brought his fruit before God. He tried to get God through works. Abel brought a sin offering. God rejected Cain's offering. He accepted Abel's. Cain got mad at Abel and he killed him. And then the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, Am I my brother's keeper? And then God banishes Cain and he becomes a fugitive, so on and so forth. Now, is that how the story goes? Well, yeah. But I left out a few details, didn't I? If you're not careful, if we don't tell the whole context of the story, if we don't tell the entire story, we can kind of twist things around to make it look like we want it to look. See, the way I just told that story, if you're not careful... Some Calvinists can kind of creep in and try to say, well, yeah, that's because God predestined Cain to go to hell and he predestined Abel to go to heaven. Well, wait a minute here. I didn't tell the whole story. I left out a very important part of this story. You see, before God even had 
the conversation with Cain when he asked him, oh, oh, where is Abel thy brother? And Cain said, I'm not my brother's keeper. Before they had that conversation, in fact, before Cain even touched Abel, before he even killed his brother, when God rejected the offering of Cain, and Cain became very angry, very wroth, in verse number 6, And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? Why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? In other words, what God is doing, he's telling Cain, If you do exactly what your brother did, it will make things right between you and me. What is he doing there? He's given Cain a second chance. Not only did Cain reject a righteous God, he rejected a gracious God, a loving God, a caring God, a God who sought him out and came to him. You said, uh, well, preacher, why, why would God give Cain a second chance? Remember, this is a theme of this broadcast. This is a theme also when we have our questions and uh, answer segment. This is something you'll hear me say a lot. Compare Scripture with Scripture. Why would God give Cain a second chance? I'll tell you why. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us were, not willing that any should perish, but that all, A-double-L, should come to repentance. Friend, if you believe that this is a God that picks and chooses who goes to hell, then you have missed a very important truth in the Bible and you need to go back and you need to reread it because the Bible that I read and the God that I believe in is an almighty, gracious, loving God and the Bible says, for God so loved the world, the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. And this is a God that is willing that all men come to repentance, that all mankind were to get saved. And God went back to Cain, and God gave Cain a second chance. But pride is such a funny thing, isn't it? We see the pride of Cain. He rejected not only a righteous God, he rejected a loving God, one who came to him, who talked to him, who tried to reason with him, but Cain wouldn't listen to him. We see the practice of Cain, we see the pride of Cain, but then last of all, we see the powerlessness of Cain. This is referring to his requirement. Cain, like the rest of mankind, we have a responsibility Cain was given the opportunity to make things right with him and God but instead of coming God's way without the shedding of blood is no remission he came his way that is the religion the works of man Galatians chapter 5 verse 2 through 4 behold I Paul say unto you that if you be circumcised Christ shall profit you nothing now what, is, what does that have to do with anything? Well, I'll tell you. Circumcision was the badge of the law. And there in the New Testament, there were some folks who they were saying they believed in Jesus Christ. They were saying they trusted him. But just in case, they were trying to keep the law. So I'm going to, all right, I'll do this whole New Testament thing. But, you know, just in case, I'm going to also keep the law. Well, Paul's let them know 
If you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. In other words, if you're using Christ as your spare tire there, and you're just kind of saying, well, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be good enough to get to heaven, right? Uh, I, yeah, I trust in Jesus Christ, but, you know, j- just in case, I, I, I'll say that prayer, you know, I'll, I'll fill out that card, and, okay, I'll read a track, I'll recite after what this preacher says, and but I'm going to also do this, this, and this. I'm also going to be baptized, right? I'm also going to, um, I'm going to try this religion out, and I'm just going to make sure that everything's right, regardless, regardless what the truth is, I'm going to make sure it's right. Friends, that is not Bible, okay? The only way to be saved is by putting Faith in Christ and Christ alone. You are totally resting on the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and you are putting faith that he will save you and cleanse you with his precious blood. That is the faith. That is what saves us. And Cain, like so many people, tried to work his way to God. And without shedding of blood is no remission. Until next time, may the Lord bless you. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. Thank you for listening to Preach the Word with Brother Dean Carmichael from Greensboro. You can email Brother Dean, preach the word 87 at Outlook.com. Preach the word 87 at Outlook.com. You also can follow our dear friend Brother Dean Carmichael on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Dean Carmichael Jr.